1: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad.
0: Puck gets into the slot. Mckayev scores. Ilya McKayev off the faceoff walks in. He snaps that one high to the glove side on Smith. It's a power play goal and the Leafs are up
2: 3-2. Well, that's the goal that beats the Edmonton Oilers tonight. Mckayev on the power play with 835 left in the third. Alexander Kurtfoot would add an empty netter and the Leafs take it 4-2. It is yet another loss for the Edmonton Oilers who didn't have McDavid tonight. Ryan and Barry also went into COVID protocol and they hang in there, but ultimately it is another loss, 0-3-2 on this five-game road trip. That's how it ends up. And the Oilers now 2-9-2 in their last 13 games 18 14 and two for the season with their next game. Not until Monday against Ottawa. And then another game postponed tonight for the Oilers, the January 18th game against Chicago postponed. So their next two games, January 10th and then January 20th, the game on the 20th is going to be against Florida. We're in the Friesen brothers broadcast center for Heartland Ford overtime open line, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. Uh, well, Rob man, oh man. Um, I'm going to give you a stat here about special teams in a second, but uh, I, I mean just uh, just frustrating. The, the game was there for the Oilers to to grab. You know they had a couple chances to go ahead in the second period, couldn't do it, and then the Leafs ultimately with their power play, which is every bit as deadly as the Oilers, more deadly lately. They're able to win it on the man advantage.
3: Well, the Oilers had their chances uh, in the third period. Uh, you look back, and Leon Dry settled twice, walking down big. Big blasts. Pugliarvi, he comes down the outside. He gets everything into a shot. Cassian. the same thing. So they had those chances, and Campbell was very good. But when we talked about it before the game. When you're undermanned, and the Oilers are, the Leafs had a better lineup on paper in the game tonight. So when you're undermanned, you've got to come out and play perfect hockey. you got to play, uh, v- limit the mistakes. And the Oilers were in this game. It's 2-2. Puck goes back in the Oilers' zone. And Bouchard has the puck on his stick. He's got Slater Cuckoo to the side. It's not a sexy play, but it's an easy play. He moves it to Cuckoo, puck gets out, and everything's good. He tries making a higher, or excuse me, a low percentage play up the middle. And it gets picked off by Johnny Tavares, who's got great eye-hand coordination. So now Bouchard takes him down. That's a power play that the Toronto Maple Leafs should never have gotten. A simple play, move it to your defensive partner. Uh, you're not creating anything, but you're not getting yourself into any trouble. And the, we talk all the time about risk-reward. The reward if Bouchard moves that puck up is that they would have a three against four because the, they had two guys back, the Oilers did, and they had one four-checker of the Toronto Maple Leafs. So if they move the puck up, the Oilers have three, four, three offensive players against four Toronto Maple Leafs players. Not a great reward the risk and what we saw the risk is you turn the puck over trying to force something that's not right there and he turned the puck over he gets his stick tangled up in the skates of Tavares they go on the power play and as you said they are like a smidgen behind the Edmonton Oilers on percentage on the season and have been much hotter as of late you give the best current power play in the National Hockey League a chance in the third period to win a hockey game and they did so. Uh, just an self inflicted r- wound that uh, a young player is learning. There's times to take chances. There's times not to. That was not the time to take a chance.
2: All right. Let's go back to Toronto. Here's head coach Dave Tippett.
1: The result. Can you assess, uh, you know, the overall performance of your team, the level of competitiveness? We've Well, we got lots of try in our game. There's lots of try. Lots of push. Lots of. People trying to have an impact on the game, which is good to see. We just We can't get that play made that, uh, that makes a difference in the positive side for us. You know? It's a game where every play counts, and you need that play to get you over the top. They got it tonight. We didn't. Can you assess Mike Smith's performance tonight? He was solid. He was solid. A couple of first two goals, one off the backboard and one off two legs or whatever. But he gave us a chance to win.
0: It's, I guess, you know, I mean, you don't want to hear this after a loss. Maybe nobody wants to hear this after a loss, but your guys played their asses awesome off
1: tonight, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, you, you got to give them credit. They worked. I mean, it was a it was a, a solid team effort in the work part. That being said, we're a results-orientated business, and you got to find ways to get results. But the effort and the compete and the try were all front and center with our group tonight. Does
0: that give you... Hope for the ability to yeah.
1: turn this thing around. Yeah, we, we've been like that for a while. Like we just, we got to find a way to take that next step. But some of the things we've been trying to do as a team, we've really pushed hard to get better at. And I think eventually those results from that work will get done. Uh, speaking of work, the workload on Dry settled, not yet. He, he took yeah. a ton of draws. he BK just a, a yeah. of his p- performance overall. No, he's, I mean, he's a big, strong man. You're looking at it when you're missing two sentiment out of there, especially. Um, you know, Ryan takes a lot of the faceoffs on the right side for us, so Drysaddle was the only guy really winning them for us tonight early, so he takes a lot of the important ones. But I thought McLeod played very well tonight, too. He was, uh, you know, he was a good player for us and some extra time, so. Um, but Drysaddle is, you know, he, he has an impact on so many parts of the game. It's, uh, uh, you know, he knew he was going to get a heavy workload tonight, and he did. Perlini and Lagoson haven't played a lot your thoughts on what you saw about uh, those two guys? Tonight. Both, both were. Uh, they were like the rest of our group. They competed hard. Pellini had a nice goal. He's an opportunistic guy that way. And Ligason, he competes hard. He com- I mean, that's what you get from him every night. He uh, had a couple shot blocks. He took one off the ankle. I think he's pretty sore, but he. Uh, they both competed hard. Fair. Thanks.
2: Okay, that's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett after a 4-2 loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs. We are talking about the game-winner by Mikheyev with 8.35 left. Kerfoot got an empty netter. The rest of the scoring in the first period, as is the custom, Rob, the Oilers give up the first goal of the game 24th time out of 34 games this season, 21st time in the last 25. Now, the Oilers did reply with goals from Perlini and Dreisaitl a minute 14 apart. Marner got one with 25.7 seconds left in the first, so it was 2-2 after the first with no scoring in the second period. You you know, you were talking about the the Bouchard penalty after a pass that maybe he shouldn't have made. And, you know, Rob, look, obviously... uh, you know, sure, a better game by the Oilers. They, they, they still lost. And I just still thought, you know, you know, yes, a, a cleaner game, you know, certainly uh, more detail than than we saw on, on the weekend against New Jersey, especially, or I guess on Friday. Um, but, yeah, some of those self-inflicted wounds. And, and, and the Leafs did it, too, at times. Yep. But yep. getting the puck to the blue line, and not getting it out and you said it 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 is not a sexy play to to slam the puck off the the blue line that's painted on the boards and get it out to center but i mean you've made the observation that when you're attacking and especially if you're a depth player like forward six through 12 or whatever seven through 12 put it at the net and get in the habit of doing that and then your line mates know that that's going to happen. Does the same thing not apply to the defensive blue line? Okay, if I can't make a clean play, I'm going to hammer it off off the wall, and then instead of the guy waiting for the pass in the middle then can't he pursue it that way like is you know isn't that can't that turn out to be a pass if you if you know that your
3: line mate's going to do it well there's defensemen that have made careers of bouncing the puck off the glass or pouncing the puck off the boards I mean a good friend of mine Jason Strudwick and it's not as a slight it's understanding what your role is and, and putting the puck in a position that gets it out of trouble and you start reading what your teammate does and okay oh, I know if this guy gets the puck. He's usually going to bounce it off the boards and out. If there's not a safe play, here's where it's going. So now I'm already cheating to there. And there's also reading the game situation. If you're down two goals in the third period, force something. Try to make something happen because you got to score two to get back in the game. But when you're in a tie game... There's no need – and right now, you, the Oilers at that point were playing well. They'd got a number of really good scoring chances. Uh, Campbell had actually kept the, the Toronto Maple Leafs in it. He kept the game tied. So make a simple play. And, again, it, the whole risk-reward, There's the reward of that is you have a three-on-four. So you're just dumping the puck anyways. You're just giving it to the Leafs anyways. If you pass it over to Slater Cuckoo, now – the Maple Leafs at that point, they weren't forechecking. They had one guy. who was a one against two. Slater has the puck. Now, he actually has passing lanes. So now he can move the puck up to somebody that he see as op- sees as open. But you force a play, and you risk the chance of the puck turning over, of what happened there where you hit a stick, and now you're in trouble. And what you see is, in, and it's not a, a slight, but panic ensues. And I've been there where all of a sudden you turn a puck over, there's just the first thing in your mind is, okay, don't let him score, don't let him score. And you you over pressure, and he does. He gets a stick in between the legs of Johnny Tavares, and he goes down, and it's an easy call for the referee. That's self-inflicted. And there's there's always going to be mistakes in a hockey game. That's why the games don't end up 0-0. There's always going to be mistakes. But mistakes when you're under stress is one thing you're being forced, you got no time, and that's where you make the mistake. When you're in full control of a puck and you actually get to decide what the play is, that is, a, that is a non-stressful situation. That's where you can't make the mistake. So Bouchard had the puck on his stick. They were in perfect position to go D to D, and everything's good. Within three seconds, he's turned the puck over and he's going to the penalty box. That's a mistake you've got to take out of your game because that costs the Oilers one point, possibly two.
2: Yeah, well, and and another thing, and it, it happened again tonight, and maybe it didn't happen as often as other games, but it still happened. I mean, the Oilers gave up two breakaways. Yep, uh, Neilander had a breakaway late in the second period. Smith stopped him. Uh, Kerfoot had a breakaway with about five fifteen left, and and he rang it off the goalpost, and you know, again, the Oilers are coming up on the wrong side of odd man opportunities. I mean, not every odd man opportunity, at least the Oilers had a two on one today. I don't think they had any other odd man rushes, but yet even in a game where we're seeing the Oilers played better, they still gave up two breakaways. And I think it's a product of, as you were just talking about, sometimes turnovers are not making a responsible play. And, and some of their defensemen, frankly,
3: are, are not quick enough and are getting beat in races. Well, and, i i played in an era where brad marsh played and he could barely skate but he put himself in a position to have success so he didn't get into foot races because he knew how to position himself where he could go where he couldn't go what to do and he read the play well and i think that's one thing that the others find themselves in trouble sometimes is they don't read the play well and all of a sudden they're reacting they're reacting to something that's already happened though the breakaway that kerfoot got in the third period that is off a face-off in the Toronto Maple Leaf zone. They set up a play. That's something you can't you can't allow. You cannot give up a, a breakaway three seconds after a faceoff in the offensive zone. It just that's it's too easy. That's you're giving a golden scoring chance off of a a, a face within five seconds. Now he rang it off the post, and the others you know escaped. But those are the things that the Oilers are are giving up too many of. Uh, Three-on-ones, two-on-ones, breakaways, on this road trip, that's just putting too much stress on your goaltender. And we've seen the Oilers have had some struggles in net. You don't need to add to those uh, troubles by giving the opposition easy access, easy opportunities. Make them earn it. And it was a much better effort tonight. And you look at the lineup the others put out there. You give credit to them. But it might have been better if they just made a couple other plays, smarter plays, that would have allowed them the opportunity to s- escape with at least one point in this game.
2: Yeah, that's our adjustment of the game for pro drain techs for peace of mind down the line. The Oilers and everybody listening looking for a little peace of mind with a victory. Next chance won't come until Monday when they take on the Ottawa Senators. All right, I want to touch on this here, Rob, because we know the Oilers are not a great five-on-five team and they need special teams. I mean, mean, any team likes to have good special teams to help them win along the way, even if they're also good five-on-five. But since this slump started, so over the last 13 games, the Oilers' power play is 18.8%. And the penalty kill really hurting 68.4% over the last 13 games. And it was uh, a power play goal against that was the game winner tonight.
3: Well, it, it's no secret. The Oilers are not a great 5-on-5 team. And even when the Oilers got off to a 16 and 5 start to the season, they weren't a good 5-on-5 team. They were just incredible uh, in specialty teams. So the Oilers specialty teams are more important than most other teams. Other teams could have poor specialty teams, but they're so good five-on-five five, they can offset it. So when the other specialty teams aren't good, they're in big trouble, and we've seen that as of late. Uh, one thing, they're not getting enough power plays, and that's based on their five-on-five five play. Uh, the penalty killing, and I know that you and Bob touched on it before the game, and Bob threw out the uh, line, who's got to be your best penalty killer? Well, yes, your goaltender does, but let th- this penalty killing at 60% or whatever you just said it was, that's not all on the goalies. That's, uh, I mean, a great example of tonight. The Oilers win a face-off defensively shorthanded and they don't get the puck out. I mean, that's not on the goaltender. That's uh, a play and, and, again, that's a mistake that was made under stress. Cuckoo had a player on him and he just didn't get enough on it. And those mistakes happen, but that, that is a penalty kill play where if you don't get it out, Toronto Maple Leafs got some talent. So if they get a second opportunity or if they're able to keep a play alive because you didn't ice the puck... Well, that's on your defensive players. That's not on the goaltender. So, it uh it, it was a good effort by the Oilers, but a couple of mistakes in a game where you can't afford to make mistakes eventually cost the Edmonton Oilers.
2: Well, and you and I have talked a lot lately about just just shooting or just throwing the puck into a dangerous area and And the Oilers did do that tonight. I mean, I don't want to say they they didn't do it. You know, Sevier obviously took a bad angle shot and then later on in the game uh, set up Perlini. Um, But yeah, the Leafs have all this skill. Well, their first two goals, just shoot. Just shoot and have somebody around the net. I, be- I believe they've credited the first goal that Tavares now. So I guess they say he. Uh, well, it, it went he, off. He ticked it.
3: No, it went. They, they showed the replay of it. When it was going wide, it hit it the hit side him of his first. pants. Right. Yeah, hit the side right. of his pants, then hit the backboards, then came out. But you're right. It's uh, Early in the game, the least were shooting from everywhere. Um, and that's, uh, uh, that's good. Because what happens if you shoot from everywhere, now later in the game, you're able to make passes because. The opposition. Well, tonight the Oilers. Okay, he, they're going to put her on net. So you're already cheating towards the net. And then when they make that pass, you're like, oh, I, I didn't see that. So now you're giving yourselves options. You can, no coach. And I've played for a lot of coaches in my career because I've been on a lot of different teams. I've never had a coach tell me, don't shoot the puck, or you should have passed the puck. Right. And a great example tonight. I mean, Ryan McLeod. This is a, a learning lesson for him. You have the puck in front of the net. Shoot it on net. Don't even think. That's, I mean, if it doesn't go in, one of your teammates will clean up it for you. But you do not try to make a pass when you have the puck in the blue paint. No matter, you don't know where the goalie is, throw it at him, anyways. So, Sevier made a a really nice play early in the game, and because he shot it from a bad angle, he froze Jack Campbell just a split second longer so that when he passed the puck out to Perlini, Campbell was just a little bit slower in it all because Sevier earlier in the game from that exact same spot threw it on net.
2: Okay, another loss for the Oilers. 4-2 the final in Toronto. We'll get to your phone calls in a couple of minutes on the hotline powered by CertainTeed. The pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed pro all the way. The number is 780-496-0063. You will also hear from Leon Dreisaitl. It's eight eleven. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
1: Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reid Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. On the right to Matthews. We'll give it to Hall over to Nylander.
0: One-timer saved by Smith, and he covers it up.
2: Well, that is Mike Smith. Save of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. Smith takes the loss tonight, stopping... 29 out of 32. He's 2-2 two, two and 1 on the season. Another strong performance by Jack Campbell for the Maple Leafs who's having an incredible year. So he stops 28 out of 30 and he is now 17-5 and 2 on the season maple leafs win it 4-2 tonight 2-2 after the first no scoring in the second McKayev on the power play kerfoot into an empty net with 15 seconds left to seal it for toronto so that is the final damage for the oilers who are now 18 14 and 2 on the season and desperate to get a victory okay 780-496-0063 we have derek standing by derek you're on with robin reed go ahead
0: Hey guys, uh, just just a question or not question? Comment about uh, our our defensive prospects and stuff, and our younger uh, prospects at forward, like McLeod and Benson, Marodi in the farm, and um, and how much do we honestly like? We miss Larson. We have like Larson, and uh, we sold, we traded to bear and uh who was the other guy there they went to chicago jones
2: jones went to chicago jones
0: there it goes okay well maybe not such a loss there but i know bear had a tough playoff but honestly like we were better with them last year it changed i don't think that it's the forwards that are or the goaltending that we can blame it's it's we're giving up all these great a chances and yeah, Smith was back in his crease. I used to play goal in junior and in, uh, university C I A U for Brandon when they had a program. But yeah. Oh, cool. And um, you know, like.
2: It's, Don't hang up, Derek. I want to ask yeah. you about that when you're done talking.
0: No, just to, like he sits back in his net so much. I mean, he knew the guy was gonna hit it. It comes back to him. It's like, what else is he gonna do? Step outside your blue paint? I would have died to have that size. Like five foot eleven, right? 185 pounds when I played, 180 pounds. And I would have died to have the size that these goalies have nowadays. And they all sit back in their blue paint. Just, it drives me nuts.
2: Yeah, there are some guys who play deep and Smith has, has always done that. As you know, wh- when were you at Brandon Dirk? Oh, I don't
0: know. And Tom Skinner, uh, 1998, seven, eight. When they had the good basketball program with Jerry Hemming there.
2: <laughs> oh, know? right. Well and then yeah, uh, and then Barnaby yeah. Craddock coached there after that, right? The guy that's now with the Golden Bears.
0: I think so, yeah. Basketball Andy wise, Summers.
2: yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh when when did the Brandon hockey program shut down? I can't remember.
3: Oh, I it can't wasn't remember it wasn't you that closed that. it down, was it? <laughs> it was his oh, goaltending was Reed, that <laughs> shut down the whole program. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: was me, yeah. <laughs> my goaltending shut it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I that's think he, no, my you, staff no, you're... were never good there because we had a horrible team. But yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but I almost had uh, a trial with the moves from Andy. Andy Summer used to was it the, who was the coach for? I think that was him, eh? Who yeah, was the LA Kings tour. Oh, Andy Murray. Oh, Andy Murray. That's it. Sorry, Andy, yeah, Murray? Andy Murray. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And when Randy Carlo is coaching it, he almost he almost got me a tryout with the uh Brandon Bobcats there, Where with the uh, sorry, Manitoba moves through the Brandon Brandon Bobcats. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. Two
2: thousand two was the the last season for Brandon. I, I will Rob and I will talk about too but what you said about the defense. And they do give up that's right. Uh they do they do give up too many grade A opportunities, high danger chances is one of the buzzwords now, you know, for uh that's some crazy. of the analytics sites and and stuff like that. Um you know, Jones, obviously, I think probably wasn't going to get a lot of opportunity here. They traded Bear yeah. to get Fogle. Uh, Larson chose to leave. I, I, you know, for me, Rob, I, I think Nurse and Cece have been the steadiest defensemen. Um, you know, I think Barry and Bouchard can be very up and down. Mm-hmm. You know, Bouchard's the, the younger of the two, obviously. So you hope something's coming along. You know the concern about Keith. You know, I mean, I I interviewed people from Chicago in the summer about Keith, and they said like he doesn't move as well as uh, as he used to, and I think that's been a challenge in some games. I mean, Broberg has some potential; he can skate, and Nimalainen has some potential as maybe more of a a physical type player. Yeah. They, they, uh, but, you know, they'll be younger. Whenever they play, they're, they're still going to be a little raw, like a little bit like Bouchard well,
3: is. Yeah, it's tough as a young defenseman breaking into the league. There's a lot to learn. It's much harder than any other position. Uh, it's, I mean, some of this is on the goaltending. You know, I, I know that uh, that gentleman just talked about it. You know, it's the defense. It's not as much the goaltending. Well, some of it's on the goaltending. There's been weak goals that have gone in. But what happens, too, is you, the Oilers put too much stress on their goalies when they don't need to, giving up the odd man breaks. Uh, the Oilers have the two best offensive players in the league, and how often do we see uh, Leon and Connor getting those odd man breaks? Not near enough for the amount that the Oilers give up the opposite way. So the Oilers have got to be much better, and that's a lot of it is reads. I think that the Oilers' defense read... Uh, read the wrong play they they uh, pick the wrong player to go after they pinch when they shouldn't pinch they crisscross there's a lot of things that they're doing that uh, just puts them in a bad position where all of a sudden now your goaltender has to make uh, a big save a cross ice type of save so the the Oilers have to play better defensively and that's on their whole team but too many odd man breaks are going to kill them. And it has so far this season on this road trip, especially there's just been too many times where the opposition has had easy access to the oiler zone in an odd man break when the oilers should have been in much better position than they were.
2: Four to the Leafs take it tonight. Just one other game of the national hockey league on the Edmonton trailer scoreboard, looking for parts service rentals or new and used semi-trailers head to edmontontrailer.com penguins lead the blues with just over a minute left there And uh, again, if you missed it earlier, the Oilers have had another game postponed. That is January 18th against Chicago. So right now their next two games are versus Ottawa on Monday, the 10th, and then versus Florida on the 20th. Rob, how do you think... And and I know it's hard for you to think like a coach because they were always yelling at you most of your career. I
3: thought thought you were throwing out there, I know it's hard for you to think. I'm like, well, that's kind of rude, Reed. I mean, just because it's true doesn't mean you can say it. (laughs) I I would never say that
2: publicly. But uh, Okay, so tomorrow's obviously an off day, pretty standard when you get back from a road trip. Um, Like, do you think they will practice Friday, Saturday, Sunday, maybe
3: also make Friday and off day, I, and then I, next week. I mean, what do you do? I, I Well, to me, I, I'd give them two days off. This is a fatigue team. It is. And this might not be the end of the COVID. Uh, we've seen every other team that once it's hit two or three players, it hits 10 or 12 players. So there may be other players that it comes into play against. But I give them a couple days off and have them rested. Then you have a couple good days of practice before you play Ottawa. Maybe a day off. And then you might do a, a little sort of training camp uh teaching kind of week to get back to the basics is these the oilers are they they're off course. They're off course with a lot of things. Like as as Dave Tippett said today, there was a lot of try and a lot of battle and a lot of work. But it was mistakes that have hurt the Oilers. And it has on this road trip a lot of different mistakes have hurt the Oilers and uh, they got to get away from that, the giving up the odd man break, the bad pinches, the turning the puck over at the blue line. Um, tonight, a great example. Early in the game, Zach Cassian has the puck at the offensive blue line. He tries toe-dragging a player, and it turns around and it comes back a scoring chance the other way. Those are things you got to get out of your game. You gotta, uh, maybe you sit down with players and reassess their roles with the team. Here's your expectation. Here's what we're looking for. Things like that you don't get a lot of over the course of a season because it's usually condensed. There's not a lot of practice, and uh, you're traveling. But they have a a chance to really reset this team and, to me, have individual meetings and, and show them, here's what we need, here's why we need it. Here's what this team needs. Can you play this role? Uh-huh. Can you not? Things like that. Because the I, I do believe this is a playoff team. I do believe once they get healthy, they'll start going in the right direction. I don't believe they're the 16-5 and five team that we started saw at the beginning of the season. I don't think they're as good as that record was. I don't think they're the team that we're seeing right now that's got two wins in its last, what, 13 games now? I think they're better than that. But they're not a team right now that I would consider uh, a Stanley Cup favorite. And for them to get there, they've got to really get back to what each of them does well. And they have, uh, as bad and sad as they got this COVID thing going on right now and and the way that the world is going, they're going to have to take advantage of the fact they have one game in 15 days and use those other 14 days to really figure out where you're going forward. Because you can't, as we talk all the time, you can't make the playoffs in the first half of a season, but you can put yourself in trouble. And yep. the Edmonton Oilers, right now with this little stretch, have now allowed a lot of teams that we didn't think were even the the LA. Well, they're they're like, out now in terms yes. of points percentage. They're and, out of the place. and they've yep. all, and they've allow, allowed a lot of other teams to get close to them in the standings. So the Edmonton Oilers have got to find a way to start turning this into the right way. All right.
2: 4-2, the Leafs win it tonight thanks to James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. They're donating $100 to 630 Ched Santa's Anonymous for every Oilers goal throughout the season, so 200 bucks tonight thanks to James H. Brown and Associates. seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. we have Rocket standing by. Hello, Rocket. Hey, guys, how you doing? Good, good.
4: I thought this was an excellent hockey game, uh lots of positives to take out of it and obviously like Dave Tippett's uh interview, um, you know, it was uh it's a results driven business and in the end you need a win. But uh you know, there were there were a lot of positives. Rob, you touched on a, a ton of things um that I was originally gonna talk about, so I'm not gonna do that anymore. I'm gonna talk about Mike Smith. I thought that he was very stable in the nets tonight and you could see the way he handled the puck and and it was is basically like, you know, everybody says that third defenseman. Um I think that was on full display today and I'm hoping that uh he stays healthy for the rest of the season so that you know, we can get some stability in the back end which I think is what
3: we really need you're right yeah. and y- yeah his y- health is a must his health oh yes his health is a must because it would be really good for the oilers to be able to use him as their goalie down the stretch and not have to give up assets to go get someone else so they need him to be healthy but you also saw tonight uh, him playing the puck uh and what a difference it makes it is it is every time that Koskinen would leave the net Reid you and I from 3,000 miles away get nervous. You can imagine what the defensemen or the forwards back-checking are because they they have no idea what's going to happen. When Mike Smith comes out, first of all, if it gets rimmed around, if it's possible to be stopped, he stops it. And then he's got a calmness, and three or four times, he rifled it up to the guys on the other side of centre. Now there's no forecheck, there's no sustained pressure. Mike Smith gives them something that no other team has in the National Hockey League, and... he stabilizes he's calm he gives them a swagger he stops puck and he moves pucks that's what they need but they need a healthy mike smith
2: all right back to the certainty hotline we have cam standing by hello cam hey cam go ahead oh okay Just yes, we don't have Cam. that's okay we will uh try rob instead here rob thanks a lot for calling go ahead my man
4: yeah i uh I was a little disappointed with the way things turned out tonight. I that last penalty on uh, Bouchard. I thought he kind of had his skate tangled up a bit with
3: uh, Tavares, and I thought the ref could have looked the other way. But no, that that one was an easy call. That's called 100%. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you're right. He just can't put but, his stick
4: there. Uh, you no, know, there's just a couple things that have been eating at me a bit lately, but. Uh, you know, I, I think things are going to turn around if they get everybody back healthy. And uh, uh, But, you know, I've been looking and looking and looking. Does anybody have any clue what's going on with uh, Dylan Holloway or uh, Josh Archibald? Does, has there been any news at all? Well, well all like
2: yeah, Arch- Archibald started skating. So, I mean, maybe uh, I haven't heard anything in the last few days, but maybe he's in Bakersfield even this month. Uh, I, I I'm sorry. I do not have an update with Josh Josh Archibald, uh, Rob. Uh, I mean, he's got myocarditis, so that could be. I mean, he might not play again. Obviously, is the worst yeah. case scenario. Or uh, I mean, best case scenario, maybe he becomes a possible player later this season. But I, I would not expect to see either guy in an Oilers uniform very soon.
3: Yeah, and honestly, I don't expect either. Yeah. Well, I I don't I don't know if Archibald plays this year unless. A he gets healthy and B he gets vaccinated, so I I don't know what's going to happen there. But uh, we've heard nothing about Archibald, and uh, as for Holloway, he just has to get healthy. He needs to play. So yeah, and let's not put too high expectations on the poor kid. He's never <laughs> he hasn't played yet, so he might be long term something really really good for the Oilers, but short term uh, let's temper t- uh, expectations for him. Let's let him go play in the the minors and learn the pro game.
2: Yeah, but an exciting prospect yeah, for absolutely. sure, whether it's uh, this year or next, absolutely. Yep. Okay, uh, Sierra is getting a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card, excitement bet on it. We set the line for River Cree before the game, well, I did, at uh, 17 minutes for Ryan McLeod.
3: It was way under. He played Well it it's they spread the ice time around, uh, which was uh, nice to see, I think. Perlini was the only one that was was under 10. The only player, and barely, I think he was 30 seconds under, so uh, all the players that played in the bottom six deserved the ice time they got. The bottom six played well.
2: Okay, more of your phone calls, and you'll hear from Perlini and Leon Dreisaitl as well. Tough go for the Oilers. Another loss 4-2 4-2 to the Maple Leafs. We're back after the news with more Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
1: Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reid Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Into the
0: high slot to Fogle, his shot. Locked in front of the net by Brody. Here is Yamamoto out of the right corner to dry side on Scott! Leon Drysidle shovels it home, and the Oilers are up two to one.
2: But that would be the last goal the Oilers would score tonight. Drysidle's 26 of the season. It ends with a victory for the Toronto Maple Leafs, 4-2 over Edmonton. Back to
5: T.O. Here's Drysidle. Yeah, it's good compete. Um, I guess it could have went either way after the second, but yet we're standing here leaving again, no points.
6: I mean, is there any way you can you can express you, you know the the exasperation that you're going through right now? Can you see can you see that there's going to be a, a better days down the
5: road, or does it doesn't take anything in the spirit of the moment right now? You hope that there's better days ahead, um, but it's frustrating. Um, no one wants to lose I've been losing for a long time now. So eventually, uh, you know, it's it's time to time to win, right? So. Um, Yeah, just leave it at that. Yeah, just... I'm sorry. You
0: know, I mean, there's been a lot of speculation about, you know, the coach of this team, and and I think that, you know, a lot of times when a coach gets fired it's because his team quits on him, but I don't see any indication of that uh, with you guys. Yeah, no, we're
5: not quitting on anyone. We're not quitting on our coach. We're not quitting on ourselves as players, our team, our goalies, nobody. We're not quitting. still lots lots of season left right but it's frustrating um eventually you you have to find a way to to turn it around and obviously we're hurting right now with with key players out um that never helps but every team's going through that so um yeah we just gotta figure it out eventually
2: all right, that's uh, Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah, like you said, uh, they're, they're they're not winning. They're not getting the points. Uh, so they had a six-game losing streak, no points at all. They won two in a row, and now another five without a win. They did get two points out of it for for overtime losses. You know, Rob. You know, obviously fans are frustrated, and if, I mean, why wouldn't you be? And, and here's the here's a thing though. You know, you, you see a game like this, okay. They lose to the Maple Leafs, and, and we talked about it, you know, mistakes. There were still plays to be made that could have won them the game. But you look at how they played tonight, a, a generally tidier game, and you say, why don't you play this way against New Jersey? Because you probably win that game, you know, 4-2. You know, if you play this way against the, De- the, the Devil. I mean, I don't know, maybe well, I don't want to put thoughts in the fans' brains, but that kind of is
3: running through my head a bit. Well, I think and we've seen this in the past with you. There's There's more fear when you're playing against the Toronto Maple Leafs than there is against the New Jersey Devils. The Toronto Maple Leafs are top five in the NHL. The New Jersey Devils are going to be a team that misses the playoffs. So there's more fear. So you don't want to trade chances with the Toronto Maple Leafs. You play a very uh, safe game. You, you, You play a game with try to make it much more low event. With New Jersey, I, sometimes you, you get a little overconfident, you try to create more, you try to force things uh, that you wouldn't force if you're playing against a better team and they just didn't get the saves in that game against New Jersey. So it, it, every game's its own game and something will happen in the game that changes the way uh, the tide turns or the momentum goes. And then just game goes with that flow. But tonight, the Oilers came in with a game plan because of their lineup. And for the most part, they played it and played it very well. But a couple self-inflicted wounds uh, created opportunities for a good Toronto team. Um, They don't score a power play goal if they don't get the power play. They don't get the shot on the power play if that puck gets cleared down. Those are Mm self-inflicted that uh, good teams take advantage of. And the Toronto Maple Leafs are a good team.
2: Leafs win at 4-2 whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. We turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. Back to the Teed Hotline, we have Bijan standing by. Hi, Bijan, go ahead. Hi, how are you, sir? Good. Sorry, did I say your name correctly? Yes, Bijan, B-I-J-A-N, yes. Uh, okay. Yeah, I know you've called uh, before. I just want to double-check. Go ahead.
7: Yeah, I'm calling the last three years. So, I I'm mean, in, I'm, in, I'm in Montreal. So, uh, first of all, I want to Happy New Year to you and to Mr. Rob Brown and wish you the best year. Thank you very much. And Same you know, to you. Hopefully health. And, uh, but uh, my point, I, I'm not talking about the losing streak. I'm not talking about firing this guy or that guy. But the way I see the sports, I think... Players make the systems. Players make the uh, dynasty. Players make the winning teams. Uh, if you see uh, why I care or why other people care, because Edmonton Oles is iconic and is uh, basically dynasty teams or organization. I'm not talking about the... I'm not, I'm not bragging about past. Why people... I just don't understand this mentality... We have about, I already spoke, like about two weeks ago, I called you guys. We have 11 players, 11 players. They are not hockey, they are not, they shouldn't be, they shouldn't be part of this, uh, I'm not saying they have to be all superstars, but Torres, Koku, basically Ryan, Severs, I know they are good, they are hockey players, but we don't have a player, gentlemen. The, the problem we have right now is not Koskinen. Koskinen is not a good goalie. Just put it this way, okay? We don't have a players. And the player I have, we have, I am very worried. Uh, Rob already spoke about uh, Bouchard. I just, his development, I just, I am very worried about his development. This player is playing with the hockey. This is the first defenseman I ever saw. He playing the hockey with one hand. With one hand, I just don't understand that. He goes on the corner, he plays with one hand. He he tries to hold the puck, one hand. I'm I'm seeing Anaheims. the the young players. They are way, way, way developing. Um, We have two defensemen, uh, Barry, 4.5. Gentlemen, nobody wanted Barry this year. Believe me, I know that. Nobody wanted Barry. Barry is a, maybe he's a good offensive player, but he's very soft. He, he, he cannot play in this, this basically a style of play. We have Doran left. Next year, is going to be 9.5, 9.8. I just don't understand this gentleman. Rob already spoke about it today, between the first period. He, he asked the park. There's nobody there. Nobody there. You, you are a 9.5 defenseman, million dollar defenseman. Escape with the puck. You're supposed to tie the players, They stick, not the body. They teach you in the beginning. The second goal, we scored, they scored on us. He's, he's holding his body, body of the player. No, you have to hold the stick of the players. What I'm trying to say, I think we don't have enough players. I know Reed, I listened to Reed whole summer. Yeah, he had excellent show, one of the best shows, I already spoke about it, in North America. He's very honest, okay? The whole summer we talk about Edmonton needs a good defenseman. Okay, I understand they went with the, uh, what do you call it, Duncan uh, I think he's, he, he's playing in his, in his own end, he's okay. But we don't have enough players to win in a constant and basis in every night. This is my point, I hope. I Just before I let you go I, I let, before you, you let me go, uh, the gentlemen, the general managers, they had the dynasty teams in Detroit. They used to play the Swiss, uh, Swedish styles turix lock. I don't know if I'm sure you guys know about this style of play, turbin lock. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had Dak soup, they had basically uh, some of the best players in the world. That's why they were winning. They have a couple of plumbers, no problems. Five minutes, six minutes, the games. That's why if we don't have enough players, believe me, every year we do the same thing. I aim and my understanding is mental illness have to basically take decisions one way or another. Sacrifice one year, I know, I know, the dark years, but we have to get the players to win the Stanley Cups. Playoff is not enough anymore for Edmonton. I don't know about this uh, losing streak. I'm not talking about coach, the head coach, you know. The head coach doesn't make the teams. I know the style of play you have. I I, I don't know why Torres is in the power play today. I don't know why that. Uh, You have Puriari, you have other players. Why you bring Torres, you put other players. Power play.
2: Bijan, okay, I, well, I really
7: appreciate I, I
2: got some other guys standing. I, yes, I appreciate sir. that you know you, you think out your calls and you got a lot of passion. So I do appreciate them, man. And thanks for listening from Montreal and thanks for uh, listening to Inside Sports as well. I do appreciate Thank that. You, that is, Thank uh, you,
7: I appreciate it. You. Thank you very much.
2: Yeah, right on. That is Bijan checking in as the Oilers lose 4-2 to the Leafs. we got to call a quick timeout. Uh, if you're on hold, stay there. We're going to try to fit everybody in. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
1: Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reid Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630
2: Chad. Rob Brown here as well in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. Yeah, that stat again I mentioned earlier. Oilers 0-1 for 1 on the power play tonight. They have not been earning a lot of power play opportunities. And in, in this slump in which they've gone 2-9-2, and the power play just 18.8%. That update for Extreme Power Products, your full line Kubota dealer with locations in St. Paul, Westlock, and Vegreville. Check out Extreme with an X, PowerProducts.com. Oilers lose 4-2 to the Leafs. They have another game postponed. January 18th against Chicago has now been postponed. Okay, we have Ron standing by. Ron, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead, man. Hello, Rob. Hello, Reed. Hey. I, I am the total opposite of the last caller.
4: Okay. I see a lot of potential with the players and so I got two questions I had other questions but these two questions are related with you Rob okay you, you, you've seen a lot of uh young players come in over your career and do the is it the coaches or like you as a player have you ever said to a new uh,
3: a rookie it's like shoot <laughs> and or, or, or is that the coaches like <laughs> well the the coaches will stress it normally it's the assistant coaches will pull you aside uh it, it's always pushed on players to to shoot the puck Um uh, have you you've seen a lot of rookies come yep, in yep. Have, you, have you ever said like shoot the puck as a as a player yeah teammates will tell you to too always uh, I know that when okay. I broke in, I had veteran players tell me, you get an opportunity to shoot the puck, shoot the puck. Uh, no coach or no player will ever uh, condemn you for, for, for shooting. Uh, they will be upset if you overpass. Um, I
6: liked
4: it earlier about no coach is going to say, pass the puck,
3: pass the puck. <laughs> they they right. won't. It's, uh, a, a shot on net from anywhere is a scoring opportunity. Something good can happen of it. I mean, we saw tonight. I mean, the Toronto Maple Leafs were guilty of it, too. And it was some of their veteran players overpassed. Nylander, who had a great game tonight, a fantastic game, two or three times he should have shot the puck and he tried creating. The thing that some players, some players are very confident in themselves. And they see things that we can't see. And they feel they can make that play. Having said that, when you watch it on video afterwards, the better play was the shot.
2: Okay. What's your other question, Ron? It's real. It's actually a business question. Can
4: Koskinen be bought out this year? And the bottom. No, bought- you can't.
2: You can't buy out in the middle of the season. So he'll just be a UFA after the season. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Yeah. No problem. We'll also go to Don on the Certainteed Hotline. Don, thanks a lot for calling, man. Happy New Year. Go ahead. Good evening to you, gentlemen. Uh, the poor old Oilers are the last.
3: Dozen games, I think, just needed a little bit of luck. Man, oh man! Well, you know, what? there's some truth to it. I mean, a little puck luck today would have helped. Uh, over oh. the first 40 minutes, there was uh, the the Leafs got a little more luck than they did. Uh, but on and on all, like if you start looking over the whole stretch, it wasn't puck luck that put the others in the position they're in. Most games, they they created things that they shouldn't have. They they made the mistake that they didn't. They let in the bad goal that they couldn't. They didn't shoot when they should have. They didn't get the power play goal or the good stop. The Oilers, uh, the, the, the two games that went to overtime, easily could have gone the other way. They easily could have won those. But having said that, I think that on the on the if you look at their overall record, I think that's where they probably are. I think that there's a couple of games on this road trip in the last little while that they probably could have got the extra point out of. And there were some games earlier in the season that they weren't the better team when they were 16 and five or nine and one that they got wins because they did get some puck luck. Puck luck usually evens out over the course of a season.
2: Yeah. Okay. We got Brian standing by as well. Oilers lose four, two in Toronto. Hey Brian, <clears throat> what are you thinking, man?
6: Evening guys. Boy, it's tough to see them lose again. But uh, um, I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to go with this that uh, Dave Tippett, I think did a lot of similar things that um, McClellan did, and that is when you got a superstar on your team and you got another superstar on your team, you're going to milk that until you're, you're, oh. you're going to play that to the end. And, were, you,
2: were you listening to me last night, Brian? Because I talked about this well, on Inside Sports. Okay.
6: No, no, I didn't. But you know what, Reed, listen, this, this is driving me nuts because uh, the power play, you look at the power play, they play just about the entire power play. Okay, they played, uh, um, Tippett played the top two lines in the beginning of the season um, and, and and dry and McDavid pretty well entirely on the power play. What's happening is other teams are figuring it out the the point I'm trying to make though is that why are we not developing four lines to play more evenly hockey? Take away some minutes from Drysdale and McDavid. It'll in the long run it's going to help them in the playoffs. Uh, put put some guys with those guys that aren't superstars. You can see what happened tonight with the with the the, the bottom two lines. I mean.
3: The guys yep. were playing great. They they they're just waiting for that shot. You know what? That's it's a great point. T- great point. This you you're right. The others the others the overplay their stars. They do. Uh, the great example tonight: is the Toronto Maple Leafs. There was the first power play unit was out there after 40 seconds. There was a whistle. They took them off the ice, and I was giggling. I'm like, yeah, the others could have a minute 40, and they get a whistle, and they still wouldn't take their top unit off. Uh, and eventually, now I know that C- Connor and Leon are in incredible shape and uh, they're freaks of nature, but at some point, fatigue yeah. has to come into play when you play 25, 26 minutes over and over and over. Yeah. Like dry
2: side will play 24-49. Yeah. And, and you know what? And, and, and again, like I'm not saying, well, because they're up around 22 and a half, 23 minutes. I'm not saying, well, cut them down to 15. No, oh God, no. If it's a shift, a period, and you cut them down to 21 or 20. And then, like we were, we've been talking about, give some responsibility and ownership yes. to, to the other players on the roster. Then they're not sitting there as long. Maybe they feel like, oh, okay, like Connor and Leon are going to get their points, but. I, I got to get something too. Like I, I got to get on the board well, as what opposed to like, well, I guess I don't, I guess I don't do anything.
3: What we've seen Reed, over the last few weeks because of COVID, because of injuries, some players have had to play more minutes than they're used to. And we've seen they're capable of it with extended minutes. And uh, even the best most, the players that are in the best shape in the world, uh, late in a game, if you've got two minutes less coming into that last five minutes, you're going to have a little bit extra juice. You're going right. to be able to do something. And in all honesty, I thought Leon had a great game, but he did look tired as the game drew on. He did. And I think eventually the wear and tear of playing 24 minutes, 25 minutes uh, takes a toll on them. So I, I'm 100% with that last caller that start spreading it around a little bit. Give those other players an opportunity to prove that they can be a part of this team going forward.
2: Dreisaitl took 28 of the 63 faceoffs
3: in the game tonight. Part of that, four, though, part of that is they, they had no other yeah. sentiment. Now that's yeah. understandable. But, again, that's wear and tear. That's wear and tear on your body.
2: Uh, Leafs won 56% on the game this evening. We'll get in one more call here. Oilers lose 4-2. We have Mike on the line. Hey, Mike. Good evening.
0: Hey, how's it going? Good yeah I just wanted to talk about uh our situation what I think is uh I think we have too much young guys and they don't seem to uh help a lot and I think that uh we need to look for a better solution than just having these young guys keep coming in and uh making the mcdavid dry Saddle and everyone else work harder well, and you know if if it was my choice i i trade Yamamoto i trade. Costin uh, and Cassian and Eugene Hopkins. And I bring more, you know, more better, better players that can help out a lot more instead of uh, just playing lazy and, you know, just thinking, oh, you get paid more than me, why don't you do it type of deal. So I think that. Uh, well, Mike, you
2: really uh, Mike, you there. know, like two, two. I don't, I don't want to be argumentative, but two of those things are unrealistic. Koskinen is not tradable unless it's a salary situation, and Nuge has a no movement clause, so they're not, they're not I going trade anywhere them. for sure.
3: Yeah, but if you yeah, can't I trade him though, but you can't. okay, but if you were,
2: if you were the general manager of any other team in the National Hockey League, would you want Miko Koskinen?
7: Uh nope he's, he's okay I wouldn't all right him. you just thanks Mike I, I want think him.
2: you just I think you just answered your own question thanks a lot for calling we appreciate it uh quickly back to Toronto here's Brendan Perlini and anytime uh,
8: you know obviously stepping back in um, look to try and create an impact somehow and um, tonight yeah it was it was nice to get on the board and um, a couple other chances as well so um, yeah it's unfortunate we we obviously couldn't. Come up with the result, but uh, you know we still got some some things to work on, and uh, hopefully come back better next game. What did you think of the overall compete level of
1: your team
8: today? I mean, we were right there, obviously two-two uh, going into into third, right? And um, you know, goal by them. Um, you know, we we had some good fight and stuff. I I thought compete level was was great. Uh, you know, we, we had our our chances and stuff, but uh, yeah, it's the way uh, the game goes. When
6: you're a support player in this situation, what do you have to do when you get back in? It? Like, in terms of... Because it's, it's frustrating for you. You're not playing every game right now. Well, just uh,
8: what I what I did tonight, you know. I, I got to keep a uh, positive attitude around for, for the guys and stuff. And, uh, you know, I got to come in and uh, create energy and uh, just be a positive impact, especially around the room and stuff like that. Uh, carry no negativity or anything like that. And, you know, for me, I try and... Pull myself like to uh, to a high standard of things, and um, yeah.
2: As Brendan Perlini gets a goal tonight, Drysdale also scores, but the Oilers lose 4-2 to Toronto. Get more on the game on 630 Ched.com or globalnews.ca. Oilers now with Stauffer from noon to 2 tomorrow. All have inside sports from 6 to 8. We've been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Centre. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open
1: Line.